Hey, my name is Josh Roberts. I'm the lead pastor here at IFC. And if I haven't had the privilege to meet you on behalf of my wife, our amazing staff, I just want to say welcome. Welcome. We're so glad you'd be with us. Hey, would you make some noise for our friends watching around the world today? Thank you for tuning in today. We love you. God bless you. We believe that you're in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And maybe you're here today and somebody dragged you to church. Anybody get dragged to church today? Don't raise your hand. See all these husbands edging their wife. Oh, I got drug here today. I live by this model. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And so whether you want to be here or not, I really believe God's going to minister to you today. And so I want to ask you, just open your heart and let him do what he does. I want to go back to just one thing that Pastor Mo said October 30th. Uh, we're going to have our little uh, visitor reception, our guest reception. You want to help hang out with me for a minute? Would you guys make some noise for Bianca back here? I love seeing young people serve God. Bianca's a senior in high school. I was looking on Planning Center this week. She's been on this piano week after week after week after week after week. I appreciate you, Bianca. Where was I? The newcomer reception. Again, so many times... Um, you know, there's limited time after service or between services. Steph and I try to go out front and greet as many people as we can. And then I realize half of you got little kids like we do, so I never see you. You go in the elevator and go straight upstairs to get your kids, and you go out that entrance. And so on October 30th, Steph and I and our team and some of our key people here at the church, we would just love to get to know you. And uh, we're going to have some food. Anybody like food? If you're new and you like food, just come. You don't even have to hear what I have to say. Just come to me free food. But we would love the opportunity to just connect with you and tell you a little bit more about who we are and what God's doing here at our church. Today's a very special day uh, because I've been wanting to do this for a few weeks now and just haven't been able to get to it. But today I'm calling it Vision Sunday Remix. The Vision Sunday Remix in January, usually the last Sunday in January, uh, we, we set that aside for Vision Sunday. And if you're new at IFC, we start our year every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting, which means we, we, want, we want to hear from God at the beginning of the year. And so we intentionally set aside time uh, to pray. We gather together and pray. We have corporate prayer uh, twice a day online. And during that time, we're really saying, Lord, what do you have for us this year? And at the end of that time, I usually bring uh, Vision Sunday. It's, it's where we kind of lay out the mandate for the year. Like, hey, this is the track we're running this year. If, if you want to be involved here, you need to know this is where we're going and this is what God's doing. But I've really felt strong for the last couple of years that we need to do a Vision Sunday remix sometime in September because vision leaks. Vision leaks. We were sitting in the living room the other night watching TV and I looked up at the ceiling and, and I realized there's this ring on the ceiling and I'm like, man, we've got a leak in the kid's bathroom. I knew it was the kid's bathroom. It's a perfect circle, like the length of the tub. Well, what does that mean? It means they've been splashing water out the tub all over the floor. Vision leaks. You put vision in people, and guess what? We run hard. We go hard. We, we, we give it all we've got, and, and vision leaks out. And sometimes in the middle of the race, we can forget why we're running. Sometimes in the middle of our marriages, we can forget why we're still married. Sometimes raising these crazy kids, we wonder, Lord, did you make a mistake choosing me? And we have to be reminded of the vision that God's given us. 
And so today I, I want to put vision in you. I want to refill you with vision. We're coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks. We'll be finishing this year out. How crazy is that? 2022 is almost over. And I, for me in my house, I want to make sure we did everything God told us to do. We got everything that he set aside for us and, and that we were obedient to, to finish what he had for us in this year. And so I want to go back today. Everybody say go back. Today's throwback Sunday to January. And if you're new with us, this will be brand new for you. But I want to start in Habakkuk 2.2, probably one of my favorite verses as a visionary he said, God answered. He said, write this down. Write what you see. And he said, write it in big block letters so it can be read on the, oh, on the run. I love that portion because it speaks of momentum. It speaks of forward motion. Anytime you've partnered with God and he's given you a vision, it's to take you from where you are to where he needs you to be. It's, it's, about, it's about a destination and a time frame. And so I want to take some time and, and spit vision. But if you've walked through our building, you've seen we put vision on the walls. I encourage people, and I was a student pastor for years, I encourage you to, to use um, dry erase markers in your home and right on your mirrors where you spend three hours putting your makeup on and doing your hair. Just my wife. If we do that in our house, we, we write the vision with markers and, and you go into our kids' bathroom, Kevin, man, we've written all over their mirrors. And I tell them, read that when you're brushing your teeth. Read that when you're washing your hands. Speak that out over your life. What are we doing? We're making the vision so clear that nowhere, no matter where you go in our house, vision is in front of you. We've got scriptures on our refrigerator. Man, you open up our drawers, there's scriptures in there, in our cars, everywhere we go. Guess what? We've got vision put in front of us. So I want to make sure that I don't leak vision. Vision's continually filling me. I said our buildings, we put it in, in the hallways upstairs in our kids' classrooms for a reason. God's given us a vision for our lives, for our families, for our church, for our region, for you, for those that aren't here yet. So today's all about refueling you with some vision. Why vision? Why is it important? Number one, it helps us navigate the future. If you can't see where you're going, most people stop in their tracks. Vision helps us navigate the future that God has for us. It reminds us that his plans are greater than our plans. Vision helps us set guardrails. It keeps us focused. You ever been driving and, and you're driving along and all of a sudden you're, you're just kind of zoned out and you hit those speed bumps on the side of the interstate and it's all of a sudden and your wife smacks you. <laughs> Are you sleeping? What are you doing? I'm like, no, I was just, somebody sent a text, you know. What is that speed bump on the road? It's a guardrail to keep you from hitting the real guardrail. And that's what vision does. It keeps you focused on the future. And finally, vision helps you set the pace or the speed of your life. There's been seasons in my life where I was running real slow. And there were seasons in my life where I was so overwhelmed that I just finally just sat down to take a break. You ever been there? Life's overwhelming. You're tired. You're exhausted. There's pressure coming. And you just, you just take a break. Usually when I've taken breaks in life, it was for one reason. I didn't have vision for today and I didn't have vision for tomorrow. When I was in a great depression, you know what was missing was vision for my life. When I was anxious and lived with anxiety, I was anxious because I didn't know what tomorrow held. 
Hear me. God's given us vision for a purpose, and it's to keep us moving. Everybody say, keep moving. The beginning of the year during our, our, our transition service, Pastor Hal Hardy, one of our board members, he, he prayed this over me. He said, Josh, run at the speed of clarity. Lead at the pace of unity and shepherd with the heart of love. This is what vision does. It allows you to run as far as you can see. And today my plan is to remind you as a church where we started this year and to encourage you and coach you and cheer you on into this fourth quarter so that you finish strong as an individual, so you finish strong as a family, and as a church, we pick up the momentum in this fourth quarter as this season begins to end. Amen. I'll start you where I started in January, and we're going to look at Joshua chapter, tw- ch- Joshua chapter 1. You guys still awake? You going to help me preach today? If you can't tell, I already preached my voice out first service, so I need... I need your help. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of God spoke to Joshua. He was just the assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Get going. Everybody say, get going. Cross the Jordan, you and all the people. Cross to the country I'm giving you, to the people of Israel, for I'm giving you every square inch of the land that you've set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. It's all yours. Love this. This is why I like Eugene Peterson. He breaks it down in such simple terms. It's all yours. What's all mine? Everywhere I go. It's all yours. What's mine? Every place you go, it belongs to you. You have dominion there. All your life. Those are powerful words, guys. All your life. No one will be able to hold out against you. In the same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Take courage. Take strength. See, you're going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised their ancestors. Give it everything you have, your heart, your soul. Make sure you carry out the word that I gave to Moses and commanded you every bit of it. Don't forget forget the scriptures. Don't forget your road map. Don't get off track either to the left or to the right so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And Don't forget for a minute the word. This book of revelation knowledge, don't let it be out of your mind. Ponder on it, think upon it, meditate on it day and night. For then making sure you practice everything written in it. For then you'll get where you're going, then you'll have great success. Haven't I commanded you already? Strength, courage, don't be timid, don't get discouraged. God, your God is with you every step that you take. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that it is our roadmap. And we do just this. We ponder it. We meditate on it. We speak it. We pray it. We hear it and we do it. Thank you, Father, for these amazing people that call this house home. And we welcome all of our guests today. Lord, we ask you to bless them for being with us. Lord, we know that today... We're on assignment, and we as a body say yes. We say, as Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and open minds to what you would have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Just as I did in January, I still feel like we're on one side of the Jordan looking across at what God has for us. And his voice is cheering us on saying, hey, IFC, you got this. Don't quit now. For many of us over the last year, we've been to seeing glimpses in our hearts of the promised lands for our children, for our marriages, for our neighbors, for our communities. And I want to tell you this, the year ain't over yet. There's still so much more to be done. Be strong and courageous. Stay focused on the task at hand. You know, one of the greatest tasks that we've been given as believers is the responsibility to tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to get to this point in the message in a minute, but I just want to tell you, like, if you come to IFC, you're not coming for yourself. You're coming because you know that somebody else belongs here with you. We say it all the time that we don't exist for ourselves. This church doesn't exist for us. It exists for those that belong in these empty seats throughout this auditorium that don't know Jesus. And so we've determined this year to keep the word first and to make it our priority as well as allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us and blow his power into our lives. As I said in January, I want to remind you, this is our time. This is our appointed time. This is the time of favor for IFC. And over the last 10 months, as a brand new lead pastor, it's kind of wild to say that, just to be honest with you, 10 months ago to step into this role of of being your pastor, I'm reminded every day of the mandate that the Lord gave us, and it was very simple in January, it was stay the course, full speed ahead. Would you say that with me? Stay the course, full speed ahead. And if you weren't here, I want to take you to the two scriptures that we are walking out and living out this year. And the first one is in James chapter 5, verse 11. It says, take the old prophets as your mentors. You know, every one of us needs mentors in our life. Every one of us needs coaches and people with sage wisdom, people that have been, their past is our future. He says, Take the prophets as your mentors. They were able to put up with anything and they went through everything and they never once quit. All that time when they wanted to, they honored God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. This is the word that the Lord gave me well over a year ago for my life and for your life. And I want to ask you, are you still putting up with anything? Are you still willing to go through everything? And maybe you've quit throughout the year. I want to just encourage you, get back up and get going again. Someone was asking me recently how I've been doing. They were checking on me. How you doing, pastor? How you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm good. I'm good every day, a new journey. Every day I get up and I start over again. And they looked at me perplexed. I said, sometimes at night I quit. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. You know you quit at night too. Three crazy kids, a busy schedule, finances, a pressure, all kinds of things. Man, sometimes at night we just lay down and say, I don't know if I can do that again tomorrow. And your husband coaches you and says, baby, you got this. You got the goods. Remember, God's inside of you. 
And for us wimpy guys that whine, whine and cry at night and say, I don't know if I can do it again. And then your wife, full of energy and courage, says, baby, you got this. Let's go. And you quit. But then you wake up in the morning, you're reminded, I got a call on my life. There's people waiting on me. I'm on mission. I've been purposed for a season right now, an appointed time. And, and yes, I wanted to quit last night, but today I start all over. I'm going to tell you, you can quit at night as long as you start again in the morning. You can quit at night as long as when the morning comes up, you say, hey, today's a brand new day. He's with me. He's for me. And I go in his power. Hebrews chapter 12, the second scripture. Don't you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, these, these veterans, they're cheering you on. It means we better get on with it. Elbow your neighbor and say, you better get on with it. Get on with what? Strip it down. Start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race. The same race that you and I are running. Don't you see? He said, study how he did it. Because he never lost sight. He never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. Here it is again. He too could put up with anything along the way. What did he put up with? The cross? The shame? I like this. Whatever. Your kids ever do that to you? Whatever. They do that and then they find themselves on the floor. Cross, shame. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I forgot we have Massachusetts up here. Just for a moment. Down south, you can punch a kid. They don't care. They're all right. Forgive me. I'm just trying to have some fun. Y'all are a little tight this morning. Jesus. He put up with the cross, the shame, whatever. And guess what? Now he's there. He's there with the Father in the place of honor, right alongside God, our daddy. And when you find yourself, when you... And when I find myself flagging in my faith, I go over that story again and again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through. I like this. He didn't just wade through it. He plowed through it, for that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. I came to tell you today, the year ain't over, and you can still press through and press on through anything and everything. For some of us, this, this last season slowed us down and held us up. I want to tell you, strip it down, let it loose, and begin to run the speed of clarity. Continue to run towards the marriage that God has for you. Run in your calling. Run in your purpose. Run in your destiny. Time's running short. As a futuristic thinker, I, I'm always obsessed about tomorrow. And a lot of times I forget about today. Anybody else? You live in the future. And, and I have to be reminded that, yes, my future is bright, but I have a purpose today. And sometimes I get overwhelmed with today that it's easier just to stop and rest. And then I realize three or four days have gone that I've been resting and I missed out on what I was supposed to be doing. Let me tell you this. There's still some track that we need to finish out this year in our lives and as a church family. Amen. Stay the course. 
Full speed ahead. What does stay the course mean? It originated as a, a nautical term, which meant to maintain a constant, an unaltering course while navigating. It means to, to continue with a process. Everybody in a process? Are you in a process? You know, every one of us are in process. I don't know where you are on your journey with the Lord, but we are all at a journey with the Lord. For some of us, we've been walking with the Lord for many years. For a lot of us, man, we are new to this and we've just received Christ. Just a few weeks ago, man, we had so many people get baptized, declaring their faith. Guess what? They're at the very beginning of their walk with the Lord. I'll say this, sometimes it's exciting when you first get saved and it seems like life gets boring the longer you're saved. Have you ever felt that way? You remember when you first got saved? You remember when you came up out of that tank? You thought, man, I could do anything. I could go anywhere. And then life met you again Monday morning. Listen, this is a word for me and for you. We've got to stay focused on the course that he set. And it means to pursue a goal regardless of any obstacles or criticism. I didn't realize how powerful that was going to be for me in January, this word of plowing through obstacles and criticism. But I can tell you this, I know that I know this was a word for the Lord for me. Next month as a church, November, we will celebrate 41 years as a church family. Thank you, Miss Althea. 41 years of faithfulness, of, of pioneers stretching themselves and believing God so that you and I could be here in this season standing on their shoulders and saying, oh, you think the past has been good? Look at, look at what's up ahead for us. And we talked a while back, if you were a part of this, that there were four pillars that have brought us to this point. As a church, there's four pillars that this church has been founded on, and I want to give them to you as a reminder because they will be the pillars that we use for the next 40 years. The first one is a spirit of faith. A spirit of faith, it means we're willing to go in his power because he called us. And we recognize it's his grace and his ability in us and on us that we can believe him for greater things. The second pillar is sacrifice. It means that there's a group of people that put their agenda on hold to advance the gospel. It means that they've given of their time, their talent, their treasure, their resources, excuse me, their love, their commitment to provide a place for us to worship God. And it'll be our responsibility in the season for my generation to sacrifice for the next generation. The third pillar is perseverance. Perseverance, I like to say it this way, perseverance of a juggernaut. A juggernaut is a huge, powerful, overwhelming force. You and I have that force in us. His name is the Holy Spirit. And lastly, it's going to take generosity, the generosity of Jesus, the one who gave it all. And if you've been a part of our church for very long, you know that we're a generous church. Our, our, our claim to fame is we want our generosity to speak for us. There's a lot of Christians that talk a lot of talk. But they don't do a lot of walkie, walkie, walk. We love our neighbors, but when their neighbors in need, they shut the door and turn the lights off. We're not home. The thing that I love about this church 
is when I look across at all the people that are here, you guys have gone all in and said, hey, we want to make sure that those that are in need are blessed. I love the offering time. I love Pastor Mo and all the hosts because this we see it as an opportunity. Yes. Can I tell you a funny story? I'm not on my notes right now, by the way. We're way off track today. Uh, it was about a year or two ago, there was a gentleman that came to church here, and, and he was in the lobby, and he was kind of running his mouth to one of our pastors, and, and he was talking trash on Pastor Mo. Now, Mo's my friend. We were friends before I became a pastor and the pastor. So I got Mo's back. And I heard this man talking trash on Mo. And so he came over to talk to me. And he started saying, you guys are one of those prosperity churches. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, you're, you're one of those prosperity churches. And he, he started to put all these cliches on, on us. And he was putting them on Mo. He said, that guy was up there twisting people's arms, you know, trying to wring their money out of their pocketbooks. And I said, oh, really? He was getting real loud. I don't know what came over me, but I grabbed him by the wrist and I spun his arm around behind his back. I'm, it's a true story. And his, he knuckled his, he buckled his knees. And before I realized what I had done, he's like, ah, ah, ah. And the security guys came over and said, Pastor Josh, you okay? I said, I'm fine. And I let him go. And he looked at me. He's like, what are you doing? I said, that's what an arm twist feels like, man. My friend Mo was giving you an opportunity. I'm sorry you missed it. I said all that to say. I don't know why I said all that to say this. I'll throw hands if you're going to talk trash on Mo. You ain't never met a nicer, go than, nicer man than Mo Christmas. I said all that to say, we all believe that here. If you're new here, we, we, this is why we're here. We want to be able to give. We want to be able to make a difference. In November, we'll have our, our giving campaign, our yearly giving campaign tied in with Giving Tuesday. And because of your generosity, last year, just in the month of November and December, we gave over $200,000 away. My money, your money. And what did that do? It spoke to our community. We gave $40,000 to the high schools here. Guess who they're calling and saying, hey, you want to come in and do something with the school? Guess what? Now we've got an open door with North Reading and Wilmington High School. We've been feeding teachers all year long. Guess what? It's going to be more than food down the road. It's going to be nourishment for their souls and their spirits. Our generosity is paving a way for the gospel to reach our neighborhoods. It gets me excited. I've always wanted to be a church that existed beyond themselves. I'm there now. I don't know where that was in my notes. To fulfill the mandate to stay the course. Thank y'all for letting me have some fun today. To stay the course full speed ahead, we have to continue to make the word our guide and the spirit our fuel. Put the picture of my ship up here. I had this picture in my mind last year of the Lord had already told me that the mandate would be stay the course. And so I was talking with the team and I said, hey, the mandate's going to be stay the course. And Steph and I went away uh, before the transition and we were down in Florida where the Lord speaks to us. <laughs> Listen, when you go to the beach, God shows up. If you ain't heard him all year long, you need to go to the coast. That's where he's at. 
And I woke up in the middle of the night, and, and, I, and I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I, I heard this word, full speed ahead, Josh. Full speed ahead. And the ship, every ship has a rudder. You know what a rudder is? It's, in a small little boat, it would be a wooden stick. That, it's kind of like a fin that's on the back of the boat, and that fin keeps the direction of the boat. And if it's a little boat, you can do it by hand. If it's a big boat, it's hooked up to the steering wheel. The rudder keeps you on track. That, for us, is the word of God. And then the second thing about the speed was the sails on the ship. The more sails you have on a ship, the more wind you can leverage for power. And so we've been determined this year to be a word and spirit church. I've been in word churches. And that's all they were was a word church. I got to be honest, it was super dry. She said, they, I, I agree with you. It's just dry. <laughs> Guy, get up there. There's no humor. There's no analogies. There's no stories. There's no illustration. It's just word, word, word for 50 minutes. And I, I feel like I'm choking on a T-bone by the time I leave. Listen, I like steak. I probably like steak more than you do. I love a good ribeye on the grill. And, and, and the problem with me is I get so excited that I end up cutting bigger pieces than I have time to chew. I got one halfway down. I got one in my mouth and I got one on the fork getting ready to go in. And my wife's like, slow down. You're going to choke yourself. There's a lot of word churches that that's how they feed is just cram the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. And you're looking for some refreshment to swallow that meat down. And then there's other churches that are spirit churches. And you go there and it's all spirit. You don't know what's going to happen. There might be people with banners and flags twirling. There may be 14 prophetic words from people that are guests. There may be people laying hands on stuff, anointing the chair. I mean, I've been in spirit services where I, I liked it. It was emotional, but I'm not sure that the Holy Spirit was there. I'm going to tell you this is your pastor. We're called to be a word and spirit church. The church that God sent in his son Jesus to come back in rapture is a word first church with an anchor in the back of this thing, driving this, driving this rudder to where he's called us. But then a church that's, that's, that's smart enough to allow the Holy Spirit to change direction if needed because we've prayed it out and we're walking it out. And in our worship and our time, there's movement there. My promise to you as a pastor is we're going to be a word and spirit church mixed together. Amen. Say it with me. We are word first people. We follow the move of the Holy Spirit. Why the word? Number one, Isaiah 40 says, grass withers, flowers fade, but God's word stands. It stands forever. Psalms 119 says the word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Why is the word our rudder? It's the only thing that doesn't change. It's the only sure foundation in our life. I grew up in a home that was a word first home. My wife grew up in a word first home. Truth is, is we're a word first family. For our kids, I ask them now, what does the Bible say we're word first Raising our kids. IFC, International Family Church, 41 years ago was founded on nothing more than God's word is first and it's our focus. We'll always be a word first church. We still confess the word. We still declare the word. I'm gonna preach the word. We're gonna pray the word. We're gonna worship the word. Why? 
because we're word first people. Sails represent the wind of the spirit. We can be on direction, but if there's no fuel to get us where we need to go, we're doing it in our own power. And I've been a part of a lot of churches where they had the rudder, but they didn't have any wind. And it was a constant pressure on you as the people and the pastoral staff that you got to get us going. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. And it was all man-made energy to move where he wanted us to. I refuse to be that kind of church. Why would I try to take the place of the Holy Spirit? 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says, my message and preaching, man, they weren't about persuasive words or wisdom, but I wanted them to be in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. What's power? It's the ability to move you from one point to another. Listen, I, I like to preach, but, but I, don't, I don't want my preaching to move you. I want the conviction of the Holy Spirit to move you. I mentioned everybody's in a journey. My prayer for you is that everybody would take another step in their journey today. If you go to one of our small groups, um, and you should, by the way, you should be in community with others, but we train our small group leaders with an acronym. It's called ESPN. Everybody say ESPN. ESPN. No, 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 no. What's ESPN? When you go to a small group, here's our commitment. You're going to get encouragement. Every time you're together, when you go to a group, man, you're going to leave there lifted up encouragement, E. Your leader's going to share some scriptures with you because we're word-first people. We may just have a group that drinks coffee, and I love coffee with the best of them, but if you come to our coffee group, you're going to get lifted with encouragement, and we're still going to share some scripture even though we're sitting at Starbucks. E-S, and then there's prayer, P. You're going to get your needs met. We're going to pray with you. We're in community. What's going on in your life? How can we connect with you? Encouragement, scripture, prayer. And here's the final one that you need to know is next step. Every one of us in a group, every one of us in the body of Christ has another step to take in our spiritual journey, starting with me, your pastor. My greatest prayer is that spiritual movement takes place in your life. You know what I ask the staff all the time? We have these meetings on Tuesdays, and it's kind of a debrief, and then just over lunch and conversations, the question that I've been asking them over the last few years is, who moved? Who moved? You know, someone that I've watched move over the last couple of years is my friend Beto over right here. I love this man because I remember watching Beto when I got to IFC seven years ago, and he was nervous to be on the stage. He has a gift. I mean, he's got an amazing vocal, vocal thing going on, but, but there was something that needed to be added to it. And guess what? He said, man, I'm willing to, to take a step if you'll help me. And through the team and, and, and all this stuff, man, to see what God's done in your life and you grow, that's the example of somebody in movement towards God's calling for their life. Every one of us have a step to take. And I want to ask you, are you stepping? Every one of us needs to be moving forward. This last year, we talked about the spirit moving, and I'll wrap up with this. The spirit moving, we had these encounter nights, and we have one more on November 4th. I'd love for you to be with us. It's an extended service on a Friday night where we just turn the worship team loose, and we, we pray together, and if we need to minister, we minister. We've had some great gifts come in, 
and, and minister to us and bless us. And it, it, the week leading up to those meetings, we've had extended times of prayer. I really believe that's been important for us as a church to navigate these crazy waters we've been navigating the last few months. Without the prayer and the power, this ship could have gone under. But I want to say thank you for, for joining our teams and being a part of the Spirit of God moving because each one of us carry the Spirit in us. It's God's Spirit in us working with our spirit that makes momentum happen. It's the Spirit of God moving us forward. Full speed ahead means with as much speed or energy as possible. It means that one is going with enthusiasm, vigor, or energy into whatever task is being undertaken. For the last 10 months, we've had plenty of things to slow us down and to stop us as a church. I started this year with a determination to move forward at whatever cost. I want to read you part of my message from January, and I'll close. The worship team can come. I was looking back over these notes over the last couple weeks preparing for today, and I keep all my notes so I can go back and look at them, and I really realized this week that some of the stuff that I said through the Holy Spirit in January on Vision Sunday was prophetic for where we are right now. I said on that service in January that 2022 would be a year to fill our spiritual boilers to maximum capacity, to gain the speed of momentum needed for the task at hand. I said 2022 would be a year of plowing through obstacles, and I declared that I refuse to allow the economy, politics, or any other divisive force to keep us as a church from obtaining our promised land this year. Spirit of God through me said this would be a year of great contending. This would be a year of staying full and continual refillings. This would be a year of standing strong in the face of adversity, and we have. I declared in January that as a church, we would not bend or bow. We declared together that we would be the mighty, mighty church. And we believed and we took ownership of the fact that this local church and the capital C local church is the hope of the world. And we finished that service by saying, with a spirit of faith, we together would press forward into whatever challenges came our way. We would stay the course at full speed. The Lord spoke that in January and look at how far we've come. Thank you. For staying the course. Thank you for standing strong. Putting the word first in your life. Putting the word above every other thing in your life. Every other voice in your life. Every other distraction in your life. Every other obstacle in your life. Thank you for persevering together. Thank you for hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost and taking time to commit to pray for this house and those that call this place home. I still feel like Joshua. And there are greater things for us to be obtained through faith, patience, and perseverance. I was thinking about our fifth and sixth grade ministry. We launched a brand new fifth and sixth grade ministry a few weeks back. And man, this morning, there's probably 35 to 40 kids up there 
receiving the word, getting the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the team came up with this name. They wanted to name the group Remnant. And a remnant means those that remain. Those that remain. And I look around today and all of our friends and family online, I just want to say thank you for being steadfast. There's a blessing that comes to believers who anchor themselves even during storms. There's many that retreat and they let emotions move them. But I want to just say thank you for remaining faithful to what God's called you to do in your family and what he's called us to do collectively as a church family. You are the remnant. I want to read you this last statement and I gave these away in January. I think there's a few of them left out there if you didn't get one and you can put it on your refrigerator. But this was a confession that I wrote for you in January. Steph and I pray this over you and we pray it over ourselves on a regular basis. And again, there's probably a few of them out there. You can twist somebody's arm at guest services. And this was my prayer for you in January. It's my prayer for you today as we finish this fourth quarter. And I'll speak it first person. It says this, I can do, I can go through anything. I can endure everything. I will not quit. I will honor God by pursuing his plans for I see life as a gift because I choose to stay the course. I will lay aside everything and anything that would try to slow me down. Nothing can hinder me from running my race. For I run with patience and I run with persistence. I have my eyes focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. And today again, I declare to you, I will stay the course at full speed. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to, to, to challenge your people today. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful families call this house home. Thank you for giving Steph and I the opportunity to, to lead. We're forever grateful. Thank you for your grace that's upon our life. Thank you for the season you have ahead. Look no further than IFC, Lord. We will do everything and anything you ask us to do. We will be perseverant people. We'll be passionate people. Lord, in 2023, we set our ears wide open. What would you have us to do? Where would you have us to go? What would you have us to say? Lord, we ask you to use us in a greater way to impact our neighborhoods, our communities, and the nations that you've called us to. Lord, we thank you as we finish this season strong. You begin to give us glimpses of the future and for the next set of laps that you have for us next year. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We're grateful to be a part of this, this work that you're doing here. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys.